Hey guys, David Gill here. Welcome to The Edge Podcast, brought to you by MGR. How are you guys doing? Uh, Today is going to be actually a little bit of a different episode. Um, We are going to be talking, obviously you probably already know by the title, about cryptocurrencies, about blockchain technologies, and kind of a lot more about this space. I wanted to create a weekly, at least once a week show about this and maybe even more often, especially if people are really into it. But I think that uh, the technology that's behind this stuff and the uh, cryptocurrencies in general are just such a major thing right now. I think the technology is gonna just completely fundamentally change how the internet works. I think. The entire internet will be run on the blockchain in the future. I think that entire economies are going to change because of cryptocurrencies. So I thought that this specific technology was just too big to pass up on to not talk about. Um, And I wanted to just talk about these things in general and have a whole show that's just dedicated to it. At least full episodes dedicated to it, I mean. Uh, This is a bit different than our normal episodes, which are more business technology and marketing based but general trends and uh, ideas and mindsets that you should have in that space but this is going to be more just about crypto itself and we're going to be talking about a variety of topics in this space you know news predictions as far as what i think the tech where i think the technology is headed good and bad buys etc and also the technology behind them what makes them so special to warrant hundreds of billions of dollars invested in them and we're even approaching the trillions mark uh why would all this money be flooding into them well we're gonna take a look at that and today's specific episode as you might guess by the title the topic is ethereum and what is the future of ethereum where is it headed, what makes it special, and why has it had this meteoric rise as of late? Today, we are gonna find out. You ain't got no money, I ain't got no time. All these faces looking funny when I'm driving by. Alright, so let's get into it. Uh, Real quick though, a quick disclaimer. This is not financial advice. Please do your own research before investing, and especially don't invest money that you cannot afford to lose. All right, now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about Ethereum. So Ethereum has been skyrocketing lately, both in the amount of applications that are being built on its platform, and as a consequence of that, the actual price of the coin or currency too. Currently, Ethereum has the most robust and most popular platform in the world for building what's called dApps, decentralized applications. That means essentially businesses that run on the blockchain. Um, If you want to create a new app or a new uh, business that you think could benefit from being decentralized and encrypted, then Ethereum is kind of the go-to right now in the world. It's the biggest. It has the most apps being developed on it, and that is really impacting the price. And the biggest advantage that Ethereum has because it is so big is network effect. To understand network effect, you have to know a little bit about game theory and how it affects markets. In this case, a specific uh, law that kind of relates to game theory is called Metcalfe's Law. Uh, If you don't know what Metcalfe's Law is, it was created by a guy or I guess 
thought of by a guy named Robert Metcalf. Um, and essentially, it's this. It was back in the 1980s, and it had to do with telecom, but it applies to most networks um, today. And it's essentially that as a network grows, in this case, in terms of both users and dApps, decentralized apps, uh, the number of apps and businesses being created on the platform. So as the users and apps grow, the value of the network grows exponentially along with it. And exponential growth is the key to building massive platforms. We've seen this in Silicon Valley from Uber to Facebook to Netflix, right? A lot of these companies seem like monstrous behemoths that are unstoppable now. But 10 years ago, Uber didn't even exist. Facebook started in 2006 and really didn't take off until about 2008, 2009 and was still very small. And Netflix didn't even start streaming until about 10 years ago. And so these companies that seem like these monster and they're worth hundreds of billions of dollars, especially Facebook and Netflix, you know, 10 years ago, they didn't exist, but it's the network effect that made them so big because you get one user on Facebook, then all of a sudden they tell three friends and those three friends tell three friends and so on and so forth. Same with Netflix, same with Uber. That's how these things grow so exponentially. So in the case of Ethereum, you have uh, more people, cr more developers creating these applications. And they say, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. This is so much better than anything that's out there for building new business and new technologies on top of that they tell all of their developer friends. And then they tell all of their developer friends and more and more apps keep being developed on it. More and more money keeps being pumped in the system. And those applications bring money in because if you create your business on Ethereum's blockchain on their platform, and then your business starts generating a lot of revenue, then Ethereum as a whole is getting Ether, the coin essentially is getting money in flux as well. And so it's just this perpetual cycle of exponential growth that is causing Ethereum to grow so much. It's just recently passed the $100 billion mark. And just 18 months ago, it would be completely unthinkable for someone to say that Ethereum would hit half a trillion dollars in 2018. But now it kind of seems like a reality. I've been following Ethereum since November of 2016, not 17, 16. Didn't invest back then, unfortunately. I really wish I did. I was very curious, though, and I've been following it for a while. Now, I did eventually invest when it hit the uh, $25 billion mark. I essentially said, okay, I have to hop on this train. I have to believe in it. So, full disclaimer, I am invested in Ethereum, but that's because I think the platform has so much potential. And since investing at the $25 billion mark, Ethereum is now worth about $130 billion. So it's about 5x in the time since I've invested. And I think it could 5x again. Again, back to that exponential growth. I think Ethereum has the chance to hit four to $5,000 per coin. It's currently at about 1300 I don't know exactly where the market is at when this podcast will come out. But at the time I'm recording this, it's about 1300 And at a four to $5,000 mark, that would make it worth about half a trillion dollars as a currency or as a network platform, whatever you want to call it. Um, that is a lot, and it sounds like a lot, and it sounds unfathomable that some platform would all of a sudden be worth as much as Amazon in just a few years. But again, it's back to the exponential growth. It's back to these principles, Metcalf Law, 
that shows why they can grow so quickly. And when you have something like this that has the potential to be worth trillions, I mean, if it is the platform in which, say, half of all new tech businesses are created in the next 10 years, that is worth trillions of dollars. But obviously, it's a long road to get there. But I would not be surprised to see Ethereum at least hit the $4,000 mark by the end of the year which would mean if you bought in now, you could easily triple close to close to quadruple your money in less than a year, which is very hard to find of any typical investment type out there. Again, not financial advice, do your own research, but that's my personal opinion. And uh, it's worked out pretty well so far. Now, the one drawback for Ethereum, and I will say this one caution, is as Ethereum grows, there is a cap on how many transactions per second. If you ever see, if you're ever doing your own research or reading an article about crypto and you see TPS, TPS, transactions per second, that is a huge deal. And that's a huge argument in the crypto space right now. Do you favor a more centralized system? Like, for example, RippleCoin, which is what's considered almost like a mini crypto bank type of coin. If people kind of relate it more towards banks than being this open, decentralized, uncontrollable thing. Now, the benefit of having a centralized system is that you can do thousands of transactions per second, meaning you can have a much larger network. But with a decentralized system, you have the benefit of being decentralized. No one person, no one company, no one bank can control it, but also, or no one government also, but you have a limited amount of transactions per second, at least with how blockchain works right now. And Ethereum is doing a lot to uh, tackle this. They currently are switching from what's called proof of work to proof of stake. So if you've heard about Ethereum mining or like Bitcoin mining, essentially running a, you could call it a program on your computer that verifies transactions, that takes up a lot of energy, a lot of time and a lot of resources. And you have to, and it costs a lot of money and it slows down the network. So now they're going into a proof of stake system, which essentially means that you, by owning Ethereum, will be making what I guess you could call it a dividend. It's not technically a dividend, but think of it as a dividend in the stock world where basically you're going to get a small percentage of interest on your Ethereum just by owning it because you're staking your Ethereum saying it's a bit complicated and I'll go into it in another uh, episode, but essentially they're using Ethereum ownership as a way to verify transactions instead of um, work, instead of running programs on your computer. And that will allow more transactions per second. And that is kind of what newer currencies like NEO have done. They have always run on a proof of stake. Uh, who knows if Bitcoin will ever run on proof of stake, but for now they're sticking with proof of work, which is why transactions on Bitcoin have $20 fees or more and take quite a long time to process. That's one of the biggest drawbacks. So Ethereum has that challenge to tackle as they get bigger, as they approach the trillion dollar mark or even above. They're going to have to deal with having to do more transactions and having a very congested network. So that is the only caution. They might grow themselves to death. And I won't say the death, that's a bit extreme, but growing themselves to the point where it would be very difficult for them to grow the platform further past, say, a trillion or $2 trillion. But right now, when we're at the $100 billion mark, that's a good problem to have. 
growing too fast is always a good problem to have in business. It's time for the news. So now that we spent a little time talking about Ethereum, and yes, I do think it's a good buy, uh, but again, do your own research. Let's talk about some news. So one of the biggest things that's been happening over the past week or two weeks or so, I guess, is the South Korea debacle. For those of you who don't know, last week there were rumors of raids on South Korean cryptocurrency exchanges, and that caused the market to drop about 15% in one day. Uh, which, by the way, was a good buying opportunity uh, for people like myself. I went and scooped up a bunch of uh, NEO last week when it dipped, and now NEO hit an all-time high of $180 today when it was at 90 like a week ago. So I'm glad about that. Um, but anyways, the whole market dipped a lot because of this, and one of the reasons that it dipped is because South Korean, the South Korean populace, I guess you could say, is such a strong, especially young younger people, the 35 and under are very big believers uh, nationwide, excuse me, nationwide in crypto, and they have a lot of money invested in this space. And there's also a lot of people who believe that South Korea, the population, will be the first major country to kind of begin to adopt cryptocurrencies as real currencies as their money they'll start using it for storage of their wealth for their bank accounts essentially they will start using it for transactions so when all of a sudden news came that the south korean government was against cryptocurrencies people got really scared and the market dropped but south korean officials came out yesterday or i guess today i don't know exactly how the time zones work with south korea like 18 hours ahead of where i am in uh, arizona but essentially they said very recently that they are not going to put any sort of ban on south korean exchanges they said that the rumors are false and that they have no plans and that is not on the agenda whatsoever and of course markets began to go right back up after that was announced because essentially the government said no, we don't have any any interest in blocking these exchanges. They know that change is coming and they're beginning to accept it. They're not going to try to thwart it in any way. Um, and then another piece of news, um, IOTA, I-O-T-A, another currency that I'm very interested in. I also bought into actually recently, about a few weeks ago, because I really believe in it. Um, they began to work with Netherlands municipalities, um, essentially like cities and uh, local governments in the Netherlands uh, on different housing projects and more things in the future to make essentially government processes easier. Many of you, especially if you live in the US or I'm sure Europe or wherever you live too, know how dealing with the government can be a bit of a pain in the ass sometimes, especially, you know, just basic stuff like DMV or having to fill out pay paperwork, right? That stuff can be a bit of a pain. Well, with IOTA, they can streamline the process and the government of Netherlands is starting to do that too, which will, again, as I said, network effect with Ethereum, it will affect IOTA as well. Network effect is only going to go up if the government of Netherlands decides to adopt IOTA as their currency of exchange or a medium of exchange for all of the government processes that they have to do. And this news is coming a couple weeks after or a couple weeks ago, uh, the city of Tokyo said that they're going to start working with the IOTA team to develop applications and develop processes to use IOTA to streamline um, government processes. Again, things that people have to do, register for 
whatever. In this case, in the Netherlands, it was registering for housing um, projects or registering for if you needed to, like the, one of the problems was there's roughly a $20 fee on essentially getting a piece of paper stamped for different housing regulations. And it's a bit ridiculous to have to pay $20 for nothing. But they said they had to do it because it's covering the cost of all the people that they have to pay to sit at a station. So even if one person comes and they only stamp one person, they have to charge $20 because they have to make the money back from paying all those people and keeping these stations running. But with IOTA, with a digital system, uh, it will be pretty much fee-less. There will be no fees. So this is just another example of cryptocurrencies and blockchain technologies being adopted by massive governments. Hey guys, David here. I just wanted to personally thank you for listening to this podcast today. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, it would mean the world to me. It would mean the world to us if you could leave us a positive review on iTunes or wherever you consume your podcasts. It just means a lot to us. We're new. We're just getting started. So if you could help us out, that would be great. And also, we have been putting up some fire content on Instagram and on YouTube. So if you are not already following us or subscribed on Instagram and YouTube, then go to the show notes, click those links, and follow us there. We are posting content daily, so be sure to check it out. Anyways, guys, thank you for listening, and I will see you next time.